Sacramento has a new tag team in the midday. It's Styles and Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. Kyle Ledbetter doing a great job for us behind the glass as we take you up to 2 p.m. Whitey Gleason just hopped in the studio. He can't help himself. We will have crossover crosstalk. That will be at 145. All guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop, as we are joined by, by our guy, Brandon Gustafson, rider for Seattle Sports 710. Brandon, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us here in Sacramento. Yeah, you bet. No, uh, doing great. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a U-double-um, so I'm still riding high from uh, from Washington taking down Oregon on Friday, so I'm, I'm feeling great. <laughs> well, I will tell you what, we have some questions for you about that before we get you out of here, but let's start with the Seahawks and Gino. They wrote me off. I didn't write back, though. <laughs> what is the feeling in Seattle? I have some buddies that are fans of the Seahawks, and I told them, when the Niners beat the Seahawks on Thanksgiving, maybe this is good for you guys. So there's not any thought of, hey, maybe we can continue to do this with Geno. What's the expectation for Geno and really the Seahawks at this point in the season? And I would say moving forward. Right. So a lot of people look at Geno's deal and they see like, oh, well, they committed to this guy for three years. No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's effectively a one year, $25 million deal. They can get out of it relatively easy after this upcoming season. So, you know, this was always kind of that second audition for Geno. He nailed the first one with flying colors. Nobody saw that coming. I don't think the Seahawks saw his last season coming either. Um, But it's definitely an interesting thing because they they made the trade for Leonard Williams and they gave up their second round pick. So if they are going to be a team that is in that quarterback conversation when it comes to the draft, the good thing for them is it looks like there's a number of guys that might end up slipping to the to the middle, bottom half of that first round. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if this is the year that we finally see them take the quarterback. I mean, Pete and John have been running this thing since 2010, and they've taken two quarterbacks. One of them was Russell Wilson and the other guy, Alex Magoo, in the seventh round. <laughs> so that, that's just nothing that they've ever really done. Um, but I, I do think that that ultimately might change this upcoming uh, NFL draft. And Gino's play has just been kind of like the team up and down, hot and cold. And kind of as Gino's gone, they've gone, but just really, really inconsistent this year, both sides. Brandon, before I throw it to Chris over here, can I interest you in a Trey Lance possibly? <laughs> hey, come on now. We're not getting, we're not getting that crazy. I think they'd rather see what the lock star has. To do. Oh, come <laughs> on. Go on. Go on. I had to ask. I had to ask. Uh, Brandon, I mean, Brandon, you bring up uh, the Seattle's uh, Seattle Seahawks drafting a quarterback potentially. And you also mentioned you dub. I, I gotta ask. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on a potential Michael Penix uh, connection to the Seahawks? And uh, just kind of in general, I, I think I saw on your, your uh, Twitter bio that you're a UW alum. What, what's right. your thoughts on, on Penix's draft stock? Where does he fit amongst the quarterbacks in this class? And, and I mean, at the end of the day, where, where do you expect him to go in the first round? Right. Uh, I, he's someone who I think is probably going to be fighting for that third, fourth QB spot in the draft. I think pretty comfortably people are all aboard the Caleb Williams train and, and Drake May is kind of QB2. But QB3 is up for grabs, and whether that's that's Michael Penix, whether that's Bo Nix, who I refer to as Checkdown Charlie, if you actually watch <laughs> Oregon games, and then uh, Jaden Daniels, who's probably going to end up taking home the Heisman this Saturday. Those three are kind of going to be fighting it out for that third spot. But 
I mean, Mike's just done an awesome job up here at UW. The one thing I would definitely point out is he's had elite pass protection, and mm-hmm. if he's somebody that does slide into the back half of the first round, maybe that does help him. Maybe he does land in a spot that has a little bit better offensive line situation because part of the reason that he, he came to UW and he's a sixth-year guy now is because he had two ACL tears. He had two season-ending shoulder injuries when he was at Indiana. He was basically broken when he, when he came to to Seattle to, to re-up with, with Kalen DeBoer. So I, I think at the end of the day, he's probably going to be picked somewhere in the 20s. He might slip into the early part of the third round, kind of like where, you know, Kaepernick and, and Dalton and Carr got drafted. But uh, ultimately, he's going to go a lot higher than I think he, he would have if he would have entered last year's draft. We're talking to Brandon Gustafson, Ryder for Seattle Sports 710. And speaking of check down Charlie, Brandon, is that what they're calling Brock Purdy up there in Seattle? Or is he getting the respect that he deserves like he does here at NorCal? What's, what is the thought process and what do people feel or how do people feel about Brock Purdy as a quarterback and for his MVP candidacy? Right. I, I think that, I mean, me personally, I, I think I would still lean Dak over Brock at mm. this point for the MVP conversation, but Brock to me is probably second or third in, in the race. I mean, Brock's got a lot of respect. I think part of it is when you when you beat a team three times in a row, and, and obviously they beat the, the Hawks last year before he wound up starting, you're going to get a ton of respect, and the numbers speak for itself. You know, the, there's it doesn't hurt to have the playmakers in the O-line, and obviously the guy calling the shots like Shanahan does, but I think there is a lot of respect for Brock Purdy. I'm sure there's a lot of frustration, too, with, with Hawks fans where it's like, oh, man, like how is this Mr. Irrelevant guy putting up the numbers he is and just kind of taking that thing to, to another level compared to what it had been a little bit over the last few years. But I don't think it's anything where where you're looking at Brock Purdy as check down Charlie. The reason I bring that up with Bo Nix is because every Oregon highlight I saw was like, he swings a pass to the flat and nobody's within 15 yards of the guy and they, and he winds up scoring. And I'm just like, okay, really? Like, <laughs> Brock at least is doing some things. He's pushing the ball downfield. I mean, that, that last touchdown he had, I was in the press box uh, for that last game on Thanksgiving, that touchdown he had right over Witherspoon's hand. Quandre was late. I mean, that's just a great throw. He, he's, he's playing lights out. And I, I know there's a lot of respect from the Seahawks for what he's doing this year. Brandon, before we ask you about uh, how, how the Niners are going to match, or I guess I should say from your perspective, how the Seahawks are going to match up uh, against the Niners, wanted to get your thoughts also on, on the Niners' big win last weekend against the Eagles. Um, what, what's kind of your perspective of, of how the, the top of the, the NFC is kind of shaking out right now? Uh, the Niners do have a chance with that win. If the Eagles win or lose uh, this Sunday to, to the Cowboys, the Niners are, are kind of in a, a really good position to, to take that number one seed in the NFC. How do you kind of view the win last week over Philadelphia? And, and how do you kind of view the, the top end landscape of the NFC? Yeah, I mean, it was super, super impressive. They were kind of clicking on all cylinders. Debo was doing just ridiculous Debo things where it seems like nothing's happening and all of a sudden he's dancing in the end zone. It's like, okay, how'd that happen? But, I mean, Brock, Brock Birdie, again, he, he was stellar. The, this four-game win streak they're on starting with Jacksonville, which is a really – you know, good team, and we'll see ultimately what happens with Trevor Lawrence. But, I mean, Jacksonville entered that game against Cincy a hair away from securing the number one spot in the in the AFC for the time being, right? right. So that's kind of where it all started with, with San Francisco. So at least to me, it seems like they're kind of the cream of the crop right now. Beating up Philly in Philly is super, super impressive considering the kind of two-year run that the Eagles have been on. Um, yeah, I, I think that overall, when, when you're kind of looking at it, I, I think just based on 49ers are getting healthy, 
The offense is just clicking at, at a very different level. Obviously, the defense, since the bye, has just been stellar. I don't think they've given up 20 points at any point over these last four games. Uh, they're, they're doing their thing, and they, they, at least right now, seem like the most complete team in football. We're talking to Brandon Gustafson, Ryder for Seattle Sports 710. And, Brandon, looking here at the Niners' schedule, you have two really emotional victories. You had avenging the Thanksgiving Seahawks eating the turkey legs. (laughs) Then after that, which we had to see everywhere, then after that they beat the Eagles. We know that was circled on their calendar for the whole season ever since the playoffs. Do you think the Seahawks could pull this off based on maybe the Niners having a letdown game just because this is maybe the first game where they don't have that emotional connection that they've had? Or do you think, unfortunately, because it is still the Seahawks and we know Niner Niner fans can't stand the Seahawks the same way Seahawks and Seahawks fans can't stand the Niners, unfortunately, do you think the Niners will still take care of business? <laughs> right. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. And the Seahawks have a lot of question marks going into this game still. Jordan Brooks, who, who obviously he had the pick six and kind of for a short time turned that game around a little bit on Thanksgiving, made it a little bit closer for Seattle. Uh, it's unclear whether or not he's going to play. does look like Ken Walker, who missed that game. Their, their top running back is going to be back. But, I mean, it's just clear. You look at the two rosters and obviously the way that they've been clicking overall, the, that the Niners have the edge going into it. And obviously going down to Santa Clara does not help the Seahawks in this situation. But there's another thing that's kind of interesting to look at with this game. And the Hawks have never lost four games in a row under Pete Carroll. He's been there since 2010. And they're on a three-game losing streak right now. They've lost four of five. So I'm sure that that's kind of in the back of their minds, too. I mean, they're they're trending into uncharted territory for Pete up here during his time in Seattle. And, I mean, get drawn a 49ers team that, again, is, is playing as well as anybody in football and is coming off just two absolute thumpings of two teams that they despise. I mean, I right. I don't think that that's kind of a, the, the ideal uh, landing spot for, for Pete and his guys right now. Brandon, thank you so much for awesome. joining us. And hopefully, I don't know, there might be a third meetup just <laughs> like there was last season. But if there is, we will definitely have to have you on again. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, that Brandon. That was Brandon Gustafson, Ryder for Seattle Sports 710. Got to get to a break when we get back. The ringer, and you talk about disrespect. I mean, Seattle seems to have more respect for Brock Purdy than the (laughs) ringer when we tell you who the ringer has in front of Brock Purdy in their QB power rankings. You will not believe this. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Live and local, it's Styles and Watkins. Watch the show on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen on the Sacktown Sports app. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking up to 2 p.m. Thank you again to Brandon Gustafson, writer for Seattle Sports 710, wow. our brother station or sister station up there in Bonneville. Yes. So shout out to Brandon for coming through. Really just some great, great nuggets there. <clears throat> answers. Yeah. Great perspective on what's going on. Does that uh, Pete Carroll stat make you a little nervous? It, that to me sounds I like I think it's a good stat. But. It, it, that to me sounds like one of those that like a betting expert would throw mm-hmm. at you, and you would heavily reconsider your heavy push for a Niners money line. Is like mm-hmm. you know, just so you know, Pete Carroll's never lost four straight games, and he's at three right now. And like you laid, and when you combine that with just like you laid out the Niners. Kind of having a, a possible, you know, lull, a little emotional low game after two really high-charged environments. Like, 
it's kind of a natural letdown game when you think about it. It, it seems is. like one of those things where, you know, maybe on Monday, hindsight being 2020 again, you're like, you know, Pete Carroll does have a, it's like the the Andy Reid always wins after a buy stat. It's yeah. one of those things where you could look back and say, ah, maybe I shouldn't have bet against history. Well, you have DK Metcalf who gave his flowers to Charvarius Ward and it's right. been he's had a rough go against Charvarius Ward. So, the only way I see this happening is if somehow, some way, the Seahawks are able to... I mean, they play each other so often, you would right. think they would have a good game plan. They should, right. But it would have even to the be, Rams gave the Niners a good the test Rams, right? But it did year. not look good on Thanksgiving. No, the only way this happens is if it's Jackson Smith and Jigbub going off right. and maybe a little bit of Tyler Lockett. Because they're not. the Niners are not going to allow DK Metcalf to go yeah. off. They're just not. Right. So I don't see the Niners giving up enough points for Seattle to hang around because Seattle ain't stopping the night. Right. And that's, that's kind of where the problem really stopped. Like yeah. that's where it starts, I guess, with Seattle is the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, I, I do think from an offensive perspective, I feel like Seattle on their best day could go head to head and, you know, do be in a shootout with the Niners offense. I think DK Lockett and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And mm-hmm. then Brandon says there that Kenneth Walker should be able right, to give it a go play on Thanksgiving. So th- they should be able to, to again at their best day put up 30 plus points we saw them get into a shootout earlier this mm-hmm. season with the lions and, and come out and on with the, the cowboys and Just with the cowboys game, as well yeah. right exactly so they're a team that if you let them get going and you know we've we've said the niners are a different team when they start to go down by double digits mm-hmm. you know maybe if the seahawks get up you know first drive touchdown get a stop and maybe go up 10 nothing that's like that to me is the only formula. And that's in which where it ends the Eagles messed up. Exactly. That's where the Eagles messed yeah. up. You can't. You can't. They get settled for three, right? Both times, yeah. you cannot go down and get that close against that defense and not put the biscuit in the basket. Yeah. You should have tried the tush push from the ten yard line or wherever the heck you were <laughs> because you would have better chance. You cannot leave that quarter yeah. with only six points and have the Niners thinking all we got to do is score once and we can take this bad boy right. back and and never give it back. And that's exactly what happened in the Niners-Eagles game. All right, so Steven Ruiz, writer for The Ringer. We've talked about a, him before. Apparently known Brock hater. Yes, right? notorious Brock hater. So he has his most recent – this is updated December 6th, so yesterday. Mm-hmm. He has and, – and I yeah, they, they posted it today. He has his QB ranking. Yes, as he does every week. And I know you and Brock's know. Brock's been low on the list before. Well, both of you know where Brock is located, but I have, I don't know where he is now. He was at twenty five earlier this okay, year. Okay, well, and let's that's do it we like this then. It. Obviously, yeah. we wouldn't be doing this if he was right. respected. Right. If the he question was is eight. how disrespected. <laughs> so, Kyle, do you know? Did you look at this already? I have seen it. Yes. Okay. We'll just we'll just go with Chris. Okay. Chris, after what Brock did to the Eagles, yes. Where do you think? That Steven Ruiz has Brock Purdy. Well, knowing that the benchmark at least a couple weeks or like a couple months ago, I I feel like it was two or so months ago, Steven Ruiz really made headlines by having Brock at 25. Mm -hmm. And Mac Jones was 24. Right. (laughs) Right. Where is he now? I would hope. I would hope not on there. If not 32. um, If not 34. Below Zappy. Yeah. Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese is ranked 24th. How? How is Mac Jones not moved? He's been benched four times this year. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> He's higher than Desmond Ritter. Okay. Okay. Well, Desmond and Ritter Mayo is awful. You know. So, and Dobbs. Dobbs is twenty-seven. Wow. Um, That's not disrespectful, honestly. I will say Brock Purdy is eighteen. 
in his quarterback list. Brock Purdy is ranked by Steven Ruiz of the Ringer. Brock Purdy is 20th. That's not that's absurd. It's I mean, absurd. Yeah. It gets worse. Yeah. It gets worse. I mean, that's not great. Of course, if you're I can hear the 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 Steven Ruiz answer already of I'm taking out situation and I'm saying if you give him a league neutral offense, if you're playing Madden and you give him a bunch of 75s or 80s, what does it look like with each quarterback plopped into that situation? I can already hear him saying it. So this is where it gets really bad. I'm going to read off the quarterbacks ahead of okay. Brock Purdy. Okay. I'll go quickly for the ones that make sense. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, number one. Yes. Josh Allen, number two, which is a little surprising sure, to but me. That's yeah, whatever. That's yeah. a different but, segment. Sure. Justin Herbert, three, again. Yeah, sure. Surprising. Lamar Jackson, four. Sure. Yeah. Dak Prescott, five. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, six. Matthew Safford, seven. Burrow? Jalen Hurts, eight. Right. Kyler Murray, nine. Burrow? <laughs> Geno Smith, ten. What? This is where it gets a little... Geno Smith is a below-average quarterback this year. What? This is where it gets a little sticky for me. Number 11 is Tom Brady. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. And I it know- says, keeping a place for him just in case... In case what? The breakdown, quickly. He's not on yeah, an NFL team. What is it? Week He's 14, not on an NFL 14. team, but you can't tell me that Brady couldn't roll out of bed at 46 years old and lead a moderately talented team no, to I the playoffs. I can definitely tell you that. And Here's if, the thing. And if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt at some point this season and the Raiders are anywhere close to a playoff spot, Brady is absolutely coming back. Okay, so he hasn't updated this in a while. No, no, no. Jimmy Garoppolo's already been benched. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, maybe he left the breakdown, but this yeah, is right. recent. Maybe they tweeted has, it today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tweeted it this He morning. just hasn't changed the description. I got yeah. it, yeah. Right, he says just leaving a yep. place, right? Uh, this so, says a updated of, December 6th. Yeah, upset, right updated December 6th, so a little bit a little lazy I think for he Steven, wrote the description in September. Exactly. Tua at 12. C.J. Stroud, 13. That's okay. a little interesting to me. C.J. Stroud at 13. Jared Goff at 14, that okay. feels right. But also, to Kyle's point, does does Joe Burrow not exist in this universe? Apparently not, but but Tom Brady does. Jordan Love, 15. So Russell Wilson, 16. This is, where it, this is where it gets even funnier, possibly. Drake May, okay. number 17. No, you're joking. You're j- <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> in mean, the swamp. Jesus. If you... And... <laughs> In North Carolina, Chapel Hill. If you ask, this is what it says. If you ask AI to create a generational prospect in 2023, don't say. So Drake May is at 17. It would be Andrew Luck, but for Stephen Ruiz, it might be Trevor Lawrence. 18 right. is young DC Derek Carr. What at number 18? What at 19? No, okay, this is ridiculous. At 19, Caleb Williams. No, okay. USC. Okay. <laughs> the the player who might get picked over Drake May. Hey, bizarre. <laughs> Just bizarre. And Brock Purdy at number okay, 20 Steven. with a 78.5 QB grade. And again, yeah, to your point, Kyle, I don't know what to do with this breakdown. This is quickly the breakdown. Don't call Purdy a game manager. A system quarterback? Sure. But even that may ris- misrepresent his game. Purdy provides a playmaking jolt to Kyle Shanahan's clever play designs, and in 2023, 
we've seen the seventh round pick do a better job of balancing his improv act with a more scripted approach. In other words, he's doing more of the good stuff Jimmy G used to do in this offense while adding a little extra moxie. And to this point of laughing at it, I don't think anyone's ever used the phrase uh, playmaking jolt to describe Derek Carr, like ever. (laughs) I just, I don't know how you could watch football all year long and come to the conclusion that if Derek Carr were in the Niners offense, it would look better or at at the very least, even the same. That's just insane. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, clearly Steven Ruiz has some beef with Brock Purdy maybe it's his you, little you know brother what? gave him noogies in yeah. elementary school or something and he, maybe he looks like him you know what's funny though a lot of people said that Derek Carr being in front of Brock Purdy was more disrespectful than Caleb I think Williams it is no I seriously 100%. think it is no come on no, it, is. it definitely is not as messed up bro come leave, on leave you're DC telling me alone. that next leave year Derek, if Drake May alone. isn't better than Derek Carr that's a problem Derek Carr is not going to be a starting NFL quarterback pretty soon Already. Come on now. That's it. This guy went come on now. The Saints, he went to a playoff the Saints game. can't he win went to a the NFC game. South. With he Desmond might go Ritter. to another one this year. Yeah, Derek Carr might go to a playoff game this year. That's come right. That doesn't on. mean he's a top twenty quarterback. Come on. come on. Doesn't mean that they might bench him next year. Come can't on even now. Outplay Desmond Ritter. Get out of here. Get out of here with Derek that. Carr has played an NFL game. I'm just not on board. Barely. I'm just not on board. With putting Caleb Williams and Drake May. That works against some quarterbacks. Come on now. I, I mean, it's a ridiculous action. It is like really, he he's not trying to have Brock Purdy in his top 20. That's <laughs> Right. No, it's, like, a, stre- is, it's a stretch either wild. way. But we just did this with Trey Lance. You cannot, and I get they've done him on a higher level. I don't know what we're doing with ACC And the crazy football, thing but- is, too, with this list, it's not even like every... Again, I, I realized he didn't have Joe Burrow in here because he has Jake Browning as the Bengals quarterback. So he's not even talking like of all of the quarterbacks that are out there. He's saying specifically he's the 20th best quarterback playing right now. Playing well, I guess, right now. I guess it would be 18th if you take... Or I guess 17th if you take out the three guys who aren't even in the NFL right now. but Which, like, in that sense, it's not crazy. Like, if Tua were on this 49ers team, you could have the conversation about what it would look like. But yeah. to just outright dismiss it is where it's kind of are, funny. Are, are we breaking our rule? Is this is this full-blown? When I see the ringer, I think of a, of a platform Respected that is legit. Opinion. Yes. Right? Are we yes. breaking our rule? Is this clickbait? I That's when we talked about this previously, Whitey hypothesized that, yes, this is clickbait. I don't think it is. I think to your point, like to me, this is a very should be a very respected website, a very respected uh, credentialed media source. That is just that's insane. Like that should not be. That's like a bleacher report type thing where you're just trying to get. I mean, yeah, it falls under the clickbait category by the content, but Mm. the sourcing of it shouldn't be a clickbait uh, uh, website. Like I would not expect the ringer to to publish something but I guess that it's is just so his opinion. I guess this is a really prettied up way to right. say that's his opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I think he would argue that he's an analyst and he believes that there is fact behind yeah. what he's saying. And I think that's where the problem lies is this dude's at the very least. Again, if we're talking about right here today in the NFL, he's playing like an MVP. He's playing like a top 10 quarterback, regardless of what you think of the outside view of what he is or whatever for doing here and now rankings. It's just, it's, it's, you can't be taken seriously if you don't at least have him in the top 10.
Uh, you, you even top fifteen. I think that would be disrespectful, but yeah, even, I yeah. could I could hear an argument, right? But twenty with three dudes who aren't going to take a snap on today, tonight, Monday or Sunday, I I can't do it. We gotta get Steve Ruiz on the show one of these days. Uh, we have he, to, and we gonna see if he's gonna break character. Northern California media like it's the play. He's we're also gonna find like relatively better. famous in he these NFL media circles. Well, I, well, we're gonna be relatively famous. I got an APB <laughs> out for Steve Ruiz. All right, gotta get to a break. When we get back, good pizza or bad pizza? Everybody says football's like pizza. Patriots versus Steelers. That sounds like bad pizza to me. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will be joined by our guys, the Drive Guys, but it will be Jerry Reynolds in for Kyle Draper. But we will have Whitey Gleason, who has already been in the studio because he can't help himself can't and he help comes himself. in just so just so everybody knows we're so open on this show yes he comes in and says so why do you guys hate keegan murray and then just leaves yep he just leaves that's all he says that is whitey gleason for you and i'm <laughs> sure he will have more of that more of those jokes when we are joined for the crosstalk with the drive guys all right chris okay there you go Patriots at Steelers. Oh boy, the All sicko Super Bowl. I thought we football, said that the game of the game pizza. of the year was last Sunday. Football is pizza, right? Nope. This good pizza. There's no such thing as bad pizza. There's yeah. no such thing as bad football, right? This no game is like bad uh, NFL. You remember that viral pizza rat? The rat that was like dragging the, the pizza. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this game is. If this oh. if this has to be pizza, this it's is a mutated definitely... rat that oh. is put on your television. It's just a a, a pizza or that radio. was. Touched by a rat and, oh, and delivered I by can't. a rat. So I can't. You know, if you if you if you're into that kind of stuff, this if you just if you're really hungry, I guess. You know what's crazy about this is that it's you mentioned earlier. It's that the it's lowest. Televised? Well, sort of. It's on radio. You can listen right here. Sacktown yeah. Sports 1140. Right. Um. But the the over under is 29.5. But the Steelers are still a touchdown favorite. So like, how little of points do they think the Patriots are going to score in this game? Oh, y'all have oh the the Patriots just set a record last week for the only team to ever allow fewer than thirty points over a three game span, and yet go zero for three. It's just bad ball. The first time since like nineteen thirty eight that they held opponents to under ten in three straight games and lost all three. It's insane. It's just bad ball from these. From the segment that we talked about prior to this one, the 916, and if you want to be a part of the conversation, 916-339-1140, 916 says Ruiz, speaking about Steven Ruiz, who wrote that article and ranked those quarterbacks, Ruiz is writing QB rankings for The Onion, not The Ringer. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a great one. That's pretty good, 916. Yeah, you know, and I think the NBA, as we talk about the NBA Cup, I know they didn't really have a choice, but this could have been a day where they win over. So you figure the first game is at 2 p.m., so what's the second yep. game at 5? Uh, 6. Okay. Yep. So I think that game, I know it doesn't happen often. Could this be if, – I'll if say we have, to, yeah. <laughs> we have to look at the rankings tomorrow, the ratings tomorrow. Yeah. If I know it's just the NBA Cup. I know it's just the semifinals. And I, it is Zion, but I know it's the Pelicans. And LeBron. And LeBron, if the ratings, if Steelers, Patriots oh, beats LeBron and Zion, 
then I don't. Then that really yeah. shows. I know we say NFL is king, right? But this would be another level yeah. if they if they win tonight. It might be emperor. That it might be. It <laughs> I don't might know. Be, I guess king is probably over. One, Do you right? think that the NBA looked at the NFL schedule it's when possible. they were deciding on this in season tournament? And they were like, "What's the game we could go head to head?" Maybe against? No. we could be. No, there's no because no. the NFL no. schedule was out before the NBA schedule. Why would the NFL? Be afraid of the NBA at any moment. No, I'm saying the NBA. No, the other way around. Oh, no, because yeah. the, the NFL schedule came out in May and the NBA right. came out in August. So the NBA is looking like if we're going to do an in-season tournament semi and it has to be on a Thursday, Patriot Steelers. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I think it's, that that's a happy happy accident, as our guy Bob Ross. Would say. Well, they darn sure weren't going to let it be last last week. I think it's a coincidence. I really do. I, I don't think that see, Chris the, has never yeah. had the tinfoil hat. on. I don't. Chris I really never don't. has the no. tinfoil hat on, but that's no, why I see some evidence. That's Sorry, why I'm the Kyle. bad boy of media. <laughs> that's why he is the bad boy of media. And you know, we did want to chat about De'Aaron Fox and how he is eligible for the supermax. Oh, he yeah. didn't. He turned down the extension right. so he can be eligible for it. And you know, everything you need to be eligible got to be all NBA. Right. We we think he will be eligible for it. Here are some of the other players that will also be eligible for it next season. Gotcha. Jason Tatum. He's getting it. Bam Adebayo. That's an interesting decision. Yeah, for sure. Here's another sticky one. Jamal Murray. Health. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, they got to do it. After winning the championship, mm-hmm. you got to kind of keep your court. Bam Adebayo, to me, is the, is the mo- I wouldn't say most risky because Jamal with the injury worries, but... Bam Adebayo is the one that I would probably have to think most about situation dependent because it it feels like Miami, if you sign Bam to that kind of figure, I mean, the Supermax is is kind of reserved for a very meant-to-be-select few uh, Mm -hmm. individuals. Now, Jalen Brown getting that, I think, has kind of muddied those waters a bit, but it doesn't feel like as good as Bam is and as versatile as Bam is, I don't know if he's super max quality. That's a lot of money to be throwing to a guy who, you know, is is a really good role piece. He's probably as valuable as Sabonis for his roster. Um, I don't think he's as good as a playmaker as as Sabonis is, no. but he's a he's a better defender. So you get that trade off. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. For I think Tatum's a lock. If yeah. Bam signs the Supermax and he makes 35% of the salary cap because that's the rule, uh, that would mean next year him and Jimmy Butler make a combined 69.3% nice. of the Miami Heat salary cap, which that, is a yeah. lot. And we did those. We've had multiple duo conversations and rankings. Right. They're not in anybody's top five duos. No. And I don't even think top seven. No, no, I don't think so. I don't even They're think at the top of the top ten. Considered, yeah. Or the bottom of the, <laughs> the top. Bottom, yeah, it pretty yeah. much depends how you feel about Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah, and Jimmy's doing a lot of the heavy lifting in that in that category in that conversation. You can't have that conversation. They're not in the same stratosphere. No, that's as too the much. Giannis and yeah. the J and the Jason Tatum. But and, playoff Jimmy. Now that's another question, right? Jimmy's we'll getting see. up there too, though. At this yeah. point, he's got he's, a lot of miles on that body. He's been around. Yeah, he's been around. So who else is there? Brandon Ingram. I know Kings fans probably feel. You probably should pay that man because he's cooking. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, but that's another one where, you know, injury and then also how good is a team that's led by Brandon Ingram? Well, we don't know. I also yeah, I don't think don't. he's yeah. not going to make all NBA this year, I don't he, think. No, no, not no, probably not. I mean, depending on how well the Pelicans do, though. I mean, if, if the Pelicans are, 
you know, a, a three, a top three seed. We saw the Kings get two All NBA guys. It wouldn't be the most shocking thing if the Pelicans, if yeah, if the Pelicans are a top three or four seed in the Western Conference, you definitely have to imagine Zion's playing a pretty big role in that. I can imagine Brandon Ingram uh, maybe sneaking into a third team. And last but not least, this is something that you would have to keep in mind if he does get moved, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I think that's tough. I can't imagine any – well, yeah, I can't imagine anyone's going to pay him that money because I also – I'm pretty yeah. sure – I don't think a new team would be able to sign him to the Supermax. I believe – Unless he made All-NBA with that team. Right. So he would have to get traded before the trade deadline and then make All-NBA with that team in order to sign the Supermax. Is that what you're saying? I think that's how it works because isn't that how Kawhi Leonard just got the Supermax with the Clippers? Right, because it transfers over. I would think so. I would, that that sounds right to me. I don't believe it has to be the team that that you played for signing the Supermax. I think, yeah, you just had to have, have played with them at some point to end the season. So, yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a tough thing too because with the Supermax, it's – is there an obligation to pay a guy who is eligible for the Supermax? Are you obligated to pay that guy? And if you don't, is that disrespectful? So, like, Miami, they might say, look, bam, we we really like you. We really, really do. We want to keep you. You are definitely our, our future uh, when it comes to our, our, our most valuable future assets. Mm-hmm. But do we want to pay you $61 million a year? that might be a different conversation. And yeah, is Bam offended by that? Does Bam feel like, oh, I gave you guys all this stuff. We went then to the final. You'd have yeah, to go somewhere so. and not get paid that anyway. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know. And if you're Masai, as far as the Raptors are concerned, you probably figure that if we keep, it's, it's a messed up situation because if we keep Siakam, we know the Raptors aren't doing anything. You, he probably doesn't get all NBA, so he doesn't have right. to pay him. Yeah. So it's a perfect situation. He can just yeah. keep hoarding them, right? Masai Ujiri should be on hoarders. Yeah. That's what he's doing. <laughs> if he gets through this trade period with, with both yeah. guys, he is an NBA hoarder. We need to call in somebody, yep. he the needs organizers, to help him. He needs a specialist because he is a hoarder. All right, got to get to a break. When we get back, it is the crossover, crosstalk with the drive guys. Jerry Reynolds, our guy, in for Kyle Draper and Whitey Gleason. Of course, Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Live and local, it's Styles and Watkins. Watch the show on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen on the Sacktown Sports app. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. One more segment with you. Thank you for rocking with us. If you've been rocking, and if you're just now joining us, thank you for joining us as we are joined by the Drive Guys with Jerry Reynolds, our guy, Hopping in for Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason. How are both of you doing? I, I'm great, and I just got to say, Jerry just told me the story. Whereas we're waiting for you guys in the hallway. You know, there's a poster, Kings, History of the yeah. Kings. And there was one guy in there, I couldn't figure out who it was, and I was asking Jerry, and we think it's not a great Gary St. Jean. But anyway, uh, there's an Oster tag on there, and Jerry says, oh, this this guy. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what did Oster tag used to do to you, Jerry? Oh, Oster tag, that big dick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he used to on 
on the hotel at the hotels he'd charge uh, uh, a room service to my room to your room to my yeah. room yeah you know yeah. he's making a couple of million dollars a year yeah and there's a couple times where i could figure out who uh-huh. and he thought it's funny i said right it's hilarious let me tell yeah. you it's hilarious that's, what that, was he and ordering that's, and that's the least word i yeah. called him <laughs> what was he ordering well, more than I could afford. Yeah, I'll tell you that. <laughs> wow. Was it Lawrence? Was it Lawrence Funderbrook? You said he used to go down. To yeah, the- Lawrence Funderbrook. Hey, well, he's a good guy. You know, he's opposite Ostertag. <laughs> but uh, but Lawrence Funderbrook, he'd, he'd order room service and then go down to the kitchen to get it because yeah. he didn't want to pay the tip. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, "Just prepare it for me. I'll yeah, pick it up yeah. at the front desk." Exactly. Well, no, he'd go down to the, the kitchen, the, or the kitchen itself, oh, yeah. which is almost worse. Oh, I know. <laughs> no. just, just so he didn't have to tip. He okay. was like an economics major. Or yeah, something like clearly. That. And he's done. I know extremely well since his. You know, uh-huh. He took care of his money. You know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, but oh, I mean, man. he was really a bright guy. But it's like that's genius. I you mean, know, sure. But, but Lawrence, you know, you you can spare ten it's bucks. Okay. Yeah, frugal so. for sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to check here as I see something coming in from Amid Rock on the Sack Chat. That's what we've now named the YouTube chat ah. for Sacktown Sports. At least our show. You can call your chat whatever you'd like. Okay. And I'm thanks. trying to confirm, but it looks like. There will be no Kevin Durant and no Grayson Allen tomorrow night. I'm trying really? to confirm, mm. but I'm I'm seeing a little bit of it on social media, so maybe Cal can help out as well. But it looks like there will be no Kevin Durant or, obviously, no Bradley Beal or Grayson Allen tomorrow night. Wow. Interesting. Do we know why? Just uh... Still trying to find it, but that that seems to be what is floating around. But I haven't seen it from a Woj or a Shams yet, but I'll keep digging. Interesting. Yeah. Dwayne Rank- Rankin at AZ Central did say Frank Vogel said Kevin Durant ankle, Bradley Beal back, and Grayson Allen groin will be out against go. the Kings. Wow. Wow. Go. Good news. Yeah, he Br- is Bradley Beal out. Looks wow. legit. <laughs> no, wait. Stunner. What? What? Wow. Newsflash. Wow. <laughs> I, want, I wanted to see that matchup, though. I'm happy for the Kings. but And you know what? I'm actually going as a fan to the next game that they play the Suns when they play the Suns here uh, December 22nd. So uh-huh, maybe I'll uh-huh. see Kevin Durant during that I, game. But, I love watching Kevin Durant. He's but, unbelievable. He's well, he's been balling. And we saw him, and to go back to how important it seems that people, or how serious people were taking this in-season tournament, Kevin Durant definitely rolled that ankle during that game. And he stayed in the same way Keegan Murray stayed in when he tweaked his back. So these guys really wanted it, but I'm not really surprised because Kevin Durant was definitely laboring during that game. But he he stayed in. I think they really wanted that W, which is now interesting because if they did win, would Kevin Durant have played mm. tonight? Yeah, I would imagine so. I would yeah. imagine so. I mean, it's it's interesting. Where, where do you guys fall on Kevin Durant? We we talked earlier in today's show about his his legacy. Like, does does it feel like this has almost been the worst outcome for Kevin Durant's career so far? I mean, with only having the Warriors championships and and not really being able to to kind of get over. I guess it could just be a narrative thing, but it feels like a guy who's top 15 all time or top 20 all time should probably have a little bit more to to hang on his shoulders than what he does. I think it's a great point. I mean, you know, to me, uh, you know, I would have had him a few years ago when he was still with the Warriors or just left, you know, top 10 for sure. But I think it, uh, you know, 
it's a little hard to there's just so many guys that, right and so unless you know unless he can still rejuvenate of course, it and yeah. get a championship or you know or something with the suns and that certainly make a lot of difference yeah. but mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's uh you know with just the limited play and they haven't quite you know reached and he's yeah. moved around right. so yeah. much that that hurts yeah to me he's somehow underrated i mean he was the easily the best player on one of the greatest teams we've ever seen those warrior teams yeah. you know and i understand that he's only won two and he's been injured a lot and i understand all that but man when he was on and he was on for a long time he was really one yeah. of the greatest players i've ever seen yeah easily yeah clearly. I, I definitely think his time in brooklyn hurt his legacy because he was coming back from the Achilles, and then he had a couple other injuries, and I, I feel like we didn't see a lot of vintage. I think he's been much better in Phoenix from what I've seen, so I think he is starting to build back. I don't want to say build back his legacy, but when you look at his numbers, I mean, and it'll stay this way because yeah. he's not playing tomorrow night. He's shooting 50% from three-point land yeah. right now. 50%. I mean, that that's incredible, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Suns winning means that the Kings would not, so you don't want that. But, yeah, it is a curious case of Kevin Durant and and his legacy as we switch over to another K, that's Keegan Murray. And, Whitey, you burst into the studio while we – yeah, you you flew the door open and you had a lot to say when we were talking about Keegan Murray. We were accused of being a bit negative, right? But my feeling on it, and I believe Chris's feeling too, is this is us – evaluating Keegan Murray through the lens of how the Kings are evaluating Keegan Murray. And to use the F word as in fair, I don't know if it's fair or not. I just know this is what they're asking of him. I have no clue. He's 23 years old. I don't know if it's fair or not, but this is what they're expecting of him. They're asking an awful lot of him at both ends, aren't they? Oh, no question. And I think, uh, you know, he's starting to prove, you know, that he is a can be a defensive, uh, maybe an outstanding defender. I won't say stopper because that's his. <laughs> I clearly haven't seen that from anybody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, but I, I mean, and I think it's affected his offense a little bit. You know, plus I think he's, you know, feels like he's supposed to try to do more offensively, which I think at times he's, you know, he's taking some tough shots and shots probably should pass on. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I may, Jerry said something to me a couple of weeks ago, and as a great point to what you just said. Jerry was saying, you know, Keegan last year is very selective in his shots. And that's because, you know, he took what were good shots for him. Now you got to shoot more. So you got to take shots that are, I wouldn't normally take that shot. Right. And then as a result, you're not shooting as well. It's like, what's wrong with him? And maybe because of uh, what they're expecting, he's taken more shots that he really is not comfortable taking. Yeah. Well, I always say, I mean, you should, uh, I know the team wants more offense from him and that's fine. But it's but it's a fine line. In other words, you what you don't want are players taking uncomfortable shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to encourage guys to take shots that they're not comfortable with. And right. I do think we're seeing that with Keegan a little bit. Whereas right. last year, if his feet weren't set, had a good look at it, mm-hmm. he just didn't take it. Yeah. yeah. No, I think a big thing is is kind of like you guys are saying. It feels like he's going through trying to be comfortable being uncomfortable, and I think. I mean, I I haven't spent much time with Keegan Murray, but just from what we've gathered from him, doesn't really strike me as a guy who would really thrive in an uncomfortable environment. Like, that's a guy who's played with his brother his whole life, you know, been in Iowa his whole life, really controlled environment. Now he's being thrown into this deep end with a team where it's essentially sink or swim. We need you to be guarding everybody's best defender while also being our best shooter. 
That's really tough. That's a really, really tough ask. Yeah, and look, they don't get to the playoffs last season without Keegan Murray and how he performs. So if he does regress at all, it's going to be tough for the Kings to overcome it as presently constructed. But I'm sure the Drive guys will get into that and much more for the next couple of hours. Thank you for listening to Styles and Watkins. Drive guys up next with Jerry Reynolds in for Kyle Draper and, of course, Whitey Gleason. Until tomorrow, secure the bag like the beam.